0: Welcome to the GW Business of Sports podcast. We talk about sports, careers, mentors, leadership, and a lot more here, and we do the show from the Foggy Bottom campus in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Hyman, professor in the Business of Sports program at GW. My producer is Henry Levy. Bob Miller came to the GW campus the other day, right from the office. He'd just seen the Washington Nationals lose an in extra innings at Nats Park, which, in fact, is where Bob Miller works. Over the past four seasons, Bob has been vice president and assistant general manager of Nats. He's widely recognized as an expert in the arcane rules that govern baseball player transactions. We talked about that, but mostly we discussed his life working in baseball, and where the jobs are for future baseball executives sitting in GW classrooms today. Bob, thanks for coming to GW today.
1: I appreciate you asking me.
0: We want to hear about how you began in baseball. And I know that the story involves um, kind of some serendipity. It wasn't entirely your plan to, to enter professional Yeah, I had
1: basketball. some uh, medical issues. So I ended up not going away to uh, Lehigh University and um, stayed local. And uh, I'm in my class one day, and a teacher who was actually a father of a girl I went to high school with taught at the, at the college. And he goes, I just saw the greatest job in the world, down in the uh, job office or whatever, he says if I was any one of you, I'd be going. If I was your age, I'd be going down there to see that. Uh, the commissioner's office for minor league baseball, so in charge of all the minor league teams all over the country and Canada and Dominican and Mexico, was happen to be in St. Pete, where I grew up. And I looked. I couldn't play baseball anymore, and I said, eh, I'll go down and see what what this is. I just turned 19 years old, so I got the job. Amazingly enough. Changed my classes to nights. I uh, spent fourteen years there at the minor league commissioner's office, including about four years of that working with MLB commissioner's office. Um, I'd go up once a month or so, stay for a week, then uh, come back to St. Pete. Um, eventually, I got into running a uh, independent league in Texas. It was Texas Louisiana League. It was an independently owned, centrally owned uh, league with six teams, and I hired all the managers, all the coaches all the uh, players. Uh, that turned into finally getting my chance with the Major League team, and I got the assistant scouting directors with Arizona Diamondbacks in 1998, right after they had just started.
0: Stop there, Bob. Okay. Tell us about the first job working in Minor League Baseball.
1: The very first? Um, it was great. I was... Minor League Baseball, back then, handled all the transactions for all the guys in Minor Leagues, so we did the draft in June. We did There used to be a draft in January. Uh, we did the six-year renewal program, we did the Rule 5 draft, the Rule 4 draft. So all the contracts came through me, so even though I was in the minor leagues, I was speaking every day with Major League Scouting Directors and the Major League Farm Directors in their departments because they were the ones sending me the players' contracts, and when they moved from A-ball to double A, I got the assignment agreement. Had to prove it and everything like that. I actually proved that Michael Jordan's only contract. So that's one of my claims to fame. I actually had the contract for a little while, but that's another story. So you were 19. I was 19. Did you feel
0: fully prepared to be doing this job at 19? Um,
1: I'm, I'm an old soul, so a little bit. I, I never. I've been a designated driver since I was 16 years old. Never, never drank. Never really got into trouble. I had a great family, and great grandparents, and brothers and sisters, and I was. I'm not gonna. Hopefully, I was raised the right way, and uh, I was ready.
0: Okay. Um, at what point did you begin to think that this is not just a cool job that I've got at age 19; it's actually what I'm going to be doing the well, rest of my life?
1: Yeah. Well, coming up and playing, you always want to be in sports, right? I mean, you guys. I've played every just about every sport except basketball, and baseball was my favorite. It was probably what I was best at. And you think, yeah, that'd be a cool job, you know, especially when you're a kid. Yeah, that'd be a cool job. Well, getting a taste of it and literally seeing how it runs, and I'll tell you a story. My first boss was named Johnny Johnson, and he had been the farm director for the Yankees during the 50s. It was a pretty good era to be the farm director of the Yankees, so he ran all their minor league teams, which they pretty much had every player in the game at the time. And he comes in, it's obviously 1983, so he's got a cigarette in his mouth, you know, you don't smoke in offices anymore, but he's... 70 years old, pretty much bald. I actually had a drink, and I had a cigarette in his hand. He comes over, and back then, a company called Baseball Blue Book did the rules. They printed them out, and he's got this thing. He drops it on me. It was heavy. It was 10 pounds. He drops it on my desk from a foot above it. Kid, learn this book. You'll have a job for the rest of your life. (laughs) Lily turns and walks away. (laughs) I said, okay, well, sounds like good advice. I'll I'll learn this book. obviously with what my job entailed I was learning the book because all the transactions were in that rule book and they, the way they had to be followed and everything so and the best part was you had 26 teams calling you two to ask you questions how can we do this or did I do this right so it, experience was all encompassing it wasn't just okay you're with one team and you only know what happens with that one team you're, you're dealing with every team in the uh, in the major league so I learned the book and 36 years later, I still have a job.
0: Can you tell us about uh, running your first team? So you mentioned that, that you ran a club in, in a league in Texas. Um, well, that's an
1: independent league, so it's, it's a lot harder. You're getting the guys that either got released from minor league baseball or maybe guys that came out of college and didn't get drafted but sp- still want to play. So you're hunting down, you're using connections, you're talking to major league teams about guys they just released. You're talking to other major league teams that, hey, we don't have room for this guy, but we'd like to sign him. Can he play with you guys for a couple of weeks? So, and then you've got to go and find managers that are looking for jobs, which was, you know, I had Daryl Evans, a really, really good major league player. Mike Brumley was a, a good player. Uh, I think Glenn, Glenn Wilson played for the Phillies a long time. I actually hired Darren Brown in 1998 to be the uh, manager of the Amarillo Villas. And he ended up, he's been managing in the Seattle farm system now for 20 years, including he managed the Major League team the last two months of the one year as the as the interim manager. So he started out in Amarillo and ended up in Seattle. That was I picked somebody good. I stopped your timeline as That's you were
0: okay. about to get, get your first Major League job. So... Would you pick it up there and and, and um, take it forward?
1: The being an assistant scouting director, you're involved with all the scouts, including at the time, my Grizzo had just been hired the same day as I did. Um, he was a regional guy, so he was and national. He did a lot, a lot of the national stuff, but he had a certain region that he had to oversee. And back then, people were just learning how to put computers, put their reports into into computers, uploading them. You know, we're talking the late '90s and a bunch of old time scouts that had no idea how to use a computer so i spent a lot of time being a, a uh, I, i.t guy back then besides doing all the all the rules helping get the draft ready for uh, the, the diamondbacks for the Diamondbacks, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we won the world series three years later which was why i'm gray i don't <laughs> know if any of you remember the uh, world series in 2001 we played the yankees it was after 9 11 so patriotic everything going great <clears throat> We kicked their butts the first two games in Arizona. We go back to New York. We lost the game, I think, 2-1 to one, or 3-2 to two in Game 3. We out-hit them. We had so many errors. We, we should have killed them. Next night, we're up by two runs, bottom of the ninth, two outs. Young Young Kim, our closer, he's a sidearm guy that threw 95 from down here. Now that seems good. Back then, or doesn't seem that good now. Back then, 95 from your knees was rare so he comes in two run homer ties the game up we lose an in extra innings we're now two to two game three we're up by two runs in the bottom of the ninth with two outs if young kim, kim goes up a two run over we lose an in extra innings so we've now destroyed them pretty much in five games now we go back to uh arizona win game six beat them 15 to two i think and then game seven uh, Soriano hits a home run in the top of the eighth to put them up 2-1, to one, and Rivera comes up, gets up in the bullpen, gets us out in the eighth, comes to the bottom of the ninth, rally for two runs, and had a little 120-foot single by Luis Gonzalez, and, and we got a nice ring out of it. That's Where's your ring? In a safe deposit box. You can't okay. wear them; they're too big. They're <laughs> ridiculous. You can't bend your fingers when you when you have them on. It's been a long time since
0: we've seen a World Series ring at the GW campus. Oh so uh, well,
1: I wish you, it's down in Florida. Sorry. Okay. Next time you have me, I'll bring it up, um, or, or I'll show you DC. I'll show you ours next year. How about that? We would like. <laughs> when <laughs> okay. We, when we win this year. How okay. About that? that round yeah. of applause for that.
0: Um, we talk a lot of, on this campus and and particularly in in the sport management program about the importance of relationships and building a network. And I know in baseball that's particularly important. Can you talk to us about your experience in that way?
1: I would say I'm poor at it, and he's correct. It is very important, and that's probably. I've been assistant GM since since 1999, so I've not been a general manager. I think if I had done better and networked and done some other things better, I might have gotten a chance to be a general manager somewhere. I'm I'm kind of a introvert. I don't approach people very much, and I've always been self too self sufficient, and not asked a whole lot of people for help. Which I have mentored some. I I've, I've, I've more leaned towards the mentoring kids under me than trying to get people over me to help mentor me. So I I failed in that. I believe. Yeah, in, in a way, I'm totally happy with where everything is in my career so far and everything else. But I think that's one thing I've seen that other people do. A whole lot better than I
0: do. Well, I, I want to challenge you a little bit because Mike Rizzo was your colleague in Arizona. Um, you, you mentioned that he, he started working there yeah. very, very soon after you yeah. did, or maybe at we the, started same the same time. Day. Yeah. Um, and, and now he's, he's, you're, he's the reason that you're in, in D.C. Not here, C. but
1: yeah. Um, we worked together for seven years. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not excluding here. I'm kind of excluding the people that you, you work with but as far as people in the industry that might be able to help you but how you get in baseball right now is literally you have to intern some people intern three four years in a row we've got kids in cincinnati the very first year i got there in 06 i was cincinnati after arizona I was cincinnati 06 through 14 and i've been here 15 through uh through now um, the very first year I started there, we had we had three really good interns. One of them now is the assistant GM. Another one's our farm director, and the third one's uh, East Coast Cross Checker on the scouting side. So that was I, I, I'm as proud of that as I am anything else. How how well those guys have done, and we had the same in DC. There's a bunch of guys that are currently high high up in our baseball operations side that started as interns. With degrees from, you know, places like GW and Columbia and Yale, we got a, a kid, this guy's doctorate in Yale, and he's slaving away doing code for us, trying to help us find that one little edge over mm-hmm. over other teams.
0: So, for the students in this room, and I think this probably applies to every student in this room who who would have an interest in working in baseball. Um, what are, what are the skill sets that you think are really valuable? What should students be working on or promoting with respect to their their talents? The, lar-
1: the largest job growth area is in analytics. Clubs have gone from having none to some people have having more than 15 in their offices. And it's not just on the baseball side, it's on the business side of baseball teams. It's in everything. So that's one of the easier... Not easy because none of them are easy, but that's one of the jobs where the, there's actually growth, the job growth is. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to be in baseball ops, you're going to go to the winter meetings. Every year they have baseball winter meetings. They have a job fair there. You're sending out resumes to all the teams. We interview the best 20 that we, can, that we think or just by their resumes. We usually have uh, phone calls with maybe 30, 40 people. And then we winnow it down and interview people in face. If they don't go to the winter meetings, we'll, we'll bring them in and you'll either be in the office, you might be down in the video room on the major league side, you could be with one of our minor league teams doing video for the minor league teams and filming the games just as to get your way to get in the the organization and get noticed and then slowly you work your way up. But obviously, besides analytics, working your butt off. It's it's not a normal job. You work every single day, you work every single night, you work for nine, ten months straight without a day off. You have to love it. If you just think it's gonna be cool, you won't like it because it's after a while it just wear your butt out. If you don't feel the the complete need to to get into the game, and you also you're gonna one of the best things about being in the game is if you're competitive. Now you don't have to be an idiot and get pissed off and throw things when you lose, but you have to care. Because when you work at IBM or anything. The next morning, people aren't looking in the papers saying, how did IBM do last night? Did they win or did they lose? Everybody knows what we did. It's on everything. And if you like that competitiveness, especially if you've played sports and, and grown up competing, it's, it's a nice way to continue that boy, girl, competitive fire that you might have grown up with.
0: Can, can you remain a baseball fan the way we in this room are baseball fans? When you're working in the game and it's your livelihood?
1: Yeah, you should. Because if you don't, like I said, you're, you're going to get worn out. I appreciate minor league baseball as much as anything because I grew up in it. I like minor league baseball. I like watching these kids, the stars in their eyes, busting their butt, watching how much they improve from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, watch how much they just fill in. Some of them will gain 12, 10, 15 pounds of muscle when you watch these. We left... Miguel Montero today. We designated for him assignment. He's probably never going to play again. He's going to go home. We signed him in Arizona as a 16-year-old. I've known this guy since he was 16 years old. He was just a chubby little 16-year-old kid from Venezuela. He came over and busted his hump and learned English the very first year he was over here and was a leader amongst the Latin kids. That's what you love. That's if you don't love... And want to nurture kids, to get better, and all of a sudden you see them in the major leagues, getting say fifty, sixty million dollar contracts, and you remember when he didn't even understand how to do certain things. That's that's what you, that's what you want to have inside of you. If you don't want to help those kids, if you're not trying to win as a group, you'll do something else.
0: Okay, last question. Uh, I think we're all wondering about this. One player on the Nationals' roster this year who is really going to surprise us Surprises? is going to outperform our expectations.
1: Well, we don't have a ton of news. Severino's very good; he's already proven it uh, these last two weeks. Um, it's, it, that's a tough question because most of this team's back from previous years. Um, I think I think Trey will have a have a breakout year. If he stays healthy, he'll he'll have a breakout year. Michael Taylor's another guy, I think, who has all the skills in the world, and I think he could be a you know an all-star type player.
0: And you'll be responsible because you no, played a big I'll, part. No, I'll be one
1: very small cog in it. But um, signing him. and if we're all out there hoisting the trophy, then it'll be pretty nice.
0: Well, Bob, thanks for stopping by.